Um, we're going to uh, go ahead and pick up where we left off in Second Corinthians chapter four. So, if you have your Bibles, we'll start there. Second Corinthians chapter four. And uh, Nathan, were you here last Sunday night? Okay. So you got to see the Hendrix ones. Those, those dudes are cool. So Second Corinthians chapter four. We're in the. We're going to be in. Looking again at the credit, the credible Christian life, credibility keys, and so, uh, and I have a handout. If you guys, I don't know if you got one there in the connections counter. You've got one from last week or two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Off the counter. Okay. Yeah, I'll just send him. So <clears throat> you don't have to use a handout, but if you want one, they're out there. If not, that's fine too. Um. So we're looking at uh, three things, seeking Jesus, sharing Jesus, and suffering for Jesus' sake. Uh, and so uh, let's just take a little moment and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to just pick it up in verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, But we uh, have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Uh, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Uh, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith, according uh, as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you for all things or for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, uh, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which I spoke of this morning, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Uh, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us tonight. Uh, Lord, we, we want to be uh, a good reflection, a good um, uh, manifestation of your grace and, and truth. Thank you for your word, Lord. I ask a blessing on the reading and the hearing of it. Thank you for the uh, the planning going on even now uh, for the Bible conference. Lord, there's a lot of things uh, to get done for next week. And, uh, tents got to be put up. Containers need to be delivered. Um, uh, Lord, uh, uh, thing, equipment has to be moved. Um, Lord, a lot of things have to happen. Uh, and so, Father, we just uh, thank you for the opportunity to assemble 25,000 Chichewa New Testaments. Thank you for just... Uh, just this passage, Lord, that reminds us that uh, the things that we're doing work out for a far exceeding uh, weight and glory, uh, more than what we can even ask or imagine. And so, Father, <clears throat> all that's about something to give and cast at your feet. As we get into eternity and we look at you and we realize, Lord, that uh, there's just no way to ever say thank you enough. We're so thankful for your grace and goodness to us. We're thankful for the glory. Uh, that you possess and the glory you share with us so that we can give it back to you and praise you for time and eternity. We thank you now. We pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word. Uh, I just uh, ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So, so the last time that we got together, uh, I ran through a good a good portion of this. I didn't get too far, but we talked it about we talked talked it. We did talked it. We talked about having trouble today, expect trouble today. Uh, how our hidden treasure is surrounded by trouble, um, and so our bodies literally we're like the tabernacle in the Old Testament. These old carcasses on the outside. Paul says there's in our flesh dwells no good thing. We know Paul said in First Corinthians 15 that flesh and blood don't inherit the kingdom of God, but inside of us dwells Christ. So we talked about um, that hidden cargo and how precious it is. It's a treasure um, that's surrounded by trouble. We talked about how precious cargo attracts trouble, right? There's there's a there's a you know uh, a certain um, proclivity for the adversary to target those that have precious uh, jewels, and uh, and so of course we are in essence all of us are considered precious stones uh, in the in the kingdom of God. Christians are. And then we talked about point C, we're surrounded by trouble daily. And uh, Paul was troubled on every side, he said, in verses 8 through 10, but he was not distressed. And then we looked at point D, which said we, we do not look or we should not look at suffering through physical eyes. Though we all do that. I mean, I do it. I think we all struggle with that because we're human. But, uh, you know, we, a quote of Romans eight thirty five: Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, and all these things are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so uh, what an incredible passage that is. So when we die to self, the flesh becomes transparent so the light of the image of Christ uh, can shine through us. And, of course, we know in Second Corinthians chapter 4 um, that if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And we already saw that in uh, uh, verse 4 of this very chapter, but if, the God, if, the, if uh, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. And so uh, we want to make sure that God's image, his likeness, and his light is coming through our life. All right, so that picks, picks us up to where we left off and where we are tonight, which is uh, point number 2 in verses 11 through 12, dealing with expecting eternal results today. Expect eternal results today right expect trouble today right that's the bad news but the good news is we can expect eternal results today and I, I really like that fact that we can have impact on eternity in time so you can get some some uh, appreciation for what god is doing and so uh in the verses that we just covered if we pick it back up at verse 11 paul says for which um uh, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. And so, Paul, um, in point A there, living, he, living for today requires a daily death. So if we want to get a, eternal results today, if we expect eternal results today, living for today requires daily death. So choosing life often requires choosing death, which seems like a contradiction, but uh, I'm reminded of the words of Nathaniel Hale. Uh, uh, many of you may remember him, the revolutionary patriot. Um, he said, I only, I, reg I only regret that I have but one life to live for my country. And he died at the age of 21. Can you imagine? That's a young man. And, uh, and what a mature, what a very, I mean, wow. What an, yeah, what a, profound thought for a 21 year old man you know and that's not even dying for the lord right he's just giving his life for his country which is a wonderful thing that's why we live in a great country um so that was 1776 nathaniel hale said that 
And so Paul phrased it this way in, in uh, verse 31 of chapter 15. He said, uh, if you go back there, <clears throat> the 31st verse, I'm going the wrong way. Um, he says in uh, 15 and verse 31, he says, uh, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I die daily. I die daily. Now, in the context of that, that chapter, he was, he was dealing with the fact that uh, his, he was looking forward to the resurrection. He wasn't looking to get all of his uh, satisfaction today. His life wasn't easy. He wasn't living on easy street, but he counted it as a light affliction for the glory of God. So Paul laid his life down daily so Jesus would be manifest to the world. Uh, and the daily struggle to die to self is relentless for all Christians. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, it's just with you, you know, and that's, un that's, it's unfortunate, but you know, it's really the only time in eternity we get a chance to choose to serve the Lord. Once we get our glorified bodies, there will be no decision to make. It'll just be happening. So we're challenged in Romans 12, and you guys know that verse probably, um, Romans 12, I, be I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, right? So Romans 12, 1 and 2, it challenges us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And it's been said that <coughs> it's, it's often more difficult to live for Jesus than to die for Jesus. So we look at martyrs like, you know, Graham Staines and his sons and folks like that, and we think, man, you know, that's tough. And it is tough. But it's also tough to live a day, every life godly. It's tough to be Daniel and live out a full life with a good testimony. And uh, Daniel faced a lot of hardships. Um, so did uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, right? So those, uh, uh, Esther didn't die a martyr, but she, she had a lot of big decisions to make as a, as a key person in the kingdom. And so, and so living for Christ isn't, isn't always a cakewalk. You know, Paul went through a lot before he got to go home. He was ready to go home. He was ready to get out of this life into the next. So the only way to live for Jesus is to die for him. And that doesn't matter if you're breathing and you're upright or you're six feet under. I mean, really, it doesn't matter because for us, death has no sting. So there is no fear in death. And so we, do not, uh, we don't die daily for our sake. We die daily for Jesus' sake. And that's really what Paul is saying in verse 11. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life uh, also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. You know, really, if you want to summarize what I talked about this morning, it really is that in verse 11. What God was needing Israel to do is put his priority ahead of theirs, his glory ahead of their own. And that faith is what freed them. And when they went back on that and put themselves ahead of God's glory, well, then they went back into bondage. And that just happens to us the same way in our flesh. All right. So are you guys keeping up? All right, cool. Okay. So I'm on point B, uh, which is shine Jesus through your mortal flesh. You probably should say show, but I like shine because we're talking about light. So people should ask, uh, you know, questions about our life that Jesus is the only answer for. So how do you control your tongue? And, uh, you know, that's, those are good questions. People, people ever ask you that. You know, when I, one of the things that God really changed in my life is my tongue. When I got saved, I, before I was saved, I used to curse like a sailor. And then I got saved. And uh, one time when we moved in here down in Harrisonville even, um, I fell. We were doing electrical work, and I was on this little bench. And I fell, uh, you know, it was about two feet down, and I landed right on my shin on this, uh, this piece of plywood, just perfectly, just bam, right on my shin. And uh, it, that thing, it bruised and hemorrhaged inside, and my leg looked hor hor horrible for a long time. 
but I, I didn't curse. It didn't even occur to me to curse, actually, because my nature was changed. And that was one of the, all the guys that were in the house were, were kidding about me. Well, you're definitely right with God because you didn't curse, you know. They made a big joke about all that. And, uh, but, you know, the cool thing was, in reality, there was a time in my life when that would have been my first thought, you know. But it didn't even occur to me because when I got saved, that's something that God took from me. He just took it away. So I, I don't have any need to do that. I don't even want to. And it doesn't, it, God just, you know, when you get saved, some things God just takes care of. And that, for me, that was one of the things he took care of. He took care of my tongue. Um, uh, you know, or why don't you get even? I remember, I've, I've had people ask me that. Why don't you, you know, do this or that, you know? And I even had a church lady one time ask me, you know, why don't you be more, I'm using a different word than she used, but more tenacious about something. And I just was like, because I don't have to be. Oh, yeah, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I, I'm not worried about it. And uh, Or how can you forgive that person, right? You know, um, how, can you, how can you give that up? We've had a, we had a gentleman one time uh, steal my wife's purse here in the church. He came in, and, and uh, I won't get into all the details. We were ministering to this guy, and he comes in, and Amy left her purse right here on the front, and, and uh, she's back there affirming. Uh, and so the, uh, the guy took the purse and took everything out and threw it in the trash. Anyway, it was a big deal. And, you know, we ended up detaining him here <laughs> and uh, holding him till the police came and all that. And we finally found all of her stuff. And so one of the, at the time, what well, was Blake Schaefer's dad was like, hey, and he's a, he's a, he was at the time was a Cass County sheriff and, uh, or a deputy or whatever they're called. And, uh, he was, he was like, hey, you really need to press charges. And I'm like, well. Nah, I mean, we caught the guy, we recovered everything, you know, he was already in trouble, he was on parole, he's going to go, you know, I could have, we could have pressed it, but why? I'm like, I just want the guy to get saved, you know, uh, we, God recovered everything, he didn't hurt us, and uh, I just don't feel like it's something I want to do. And uh, as a law enforcement officer, of course, I know what he was thinking is, no, you need to press charges, build the case, get this guy off the streets, et cetera, et cetera. And I appreciate that, actually. I, I, that's what the law enforcement should want to do because they want to protect the public, and I understand that. And I don't want to see the public hurt, but I just wanted to leave a testimony with this guy that even though you smote us, you know, uh, we'll, uh, we're going to love you, you know. Uh, we're not going to be pushovers, right? We're not going to let you walk out of here with the purse if we can keep rumming. <laughs> but uh, but we, we're going to love you enough not to call the cops on you. Oh, well, we did call the cops. We're going to love you enough not to press charges. Okay, so <laughs> so there's limits, all right? So there was limits. And, and so why, you know, how can you forgive that person, you know? Well, because we can, because Jesus put it in our heart. And because uh, I've been forgiven, you know? So why can't I forgive someone else if I feel like it? And so, or how can you give that up? You know, how can you give up this or that or, or a job or whatever for the gospel's sake? Well, mainly because we believe what the Bible says. There's a far more exceeding weight and glory. Okay, so examples of individuals who manifest the life of Christ through their sacrifice. One of them you know right now is like Randy Foster and Julie in multiple ways. Uh, but even before he was a pastor here, you know, they sacrificed. Randy was a very... Uh, uh, he was a successful business person. I mean, he was working. He had a career, Julie as well. Uh, and they, they gave it all up for the call to go live in um, to live in Africa and be a part of the ministry there. And the answer is, you know, why did they give that up? It was because of Jesus, you know. Why is Ann, you know, Ann, Ann Pierce has given up a good part of her life as far as humanly speaking. Uh, the time to get married and she's getting in her mid-30s, 
you know. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, she's done that to go to China. She's done that for Jesus' sake. Um, you know, Doug Howie, uh, when he's in Romania, and the Romanians have always, always asked him when they find out he's an American, which he's such a good missionary, they don't always know he's an American, so that's a good thing. He's got the language down, and he looks Romanian. Um, but uh, uh, they always wonder, why, why do we want to leave here and go to the United States. Why would someone come from the United States to want to live here? Right? Well, the answer is the same. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. So me and our church uh, sincerely minister the life of Christ through self-sacrifice. And, and the reason they do it is Jesus. I mean, when you think about just the man hours that go into HBF every week, week in, week out, not counting conferences like we're getting ready to do and 5,000 Bibles for uh, Sierra Leone. I mean, that was a lot of work for people, a lot of man hours. Um, why do people do that? It's Jesus. And that's ultimately the answer. It's the, it's Jesus. And uh, there was a, a, a man I knew named Charles Boyce, um, and uh, he he went up to Toronto. And I'll never forget what he said. Uh, they they he came to a conference, and they said, you know, what? Well, how? Why did God call you to Canada? And uh, you know, what would possess you to leave your job and your family and move to some place you've never been or lived before? And he says, my relationship with Jesus Christ has led me there. I thought, man, that's that's an incredible way to look at things, and that's a biblical thing. I never forgot Charles saying that. So point C, when we die today, we see results in people's lives today. And that's really also what Paul's saying. So then death worketh in us, but, you know, conjunction, junction, what's your function? Life in you, right? So life in you. So because Jesus lives forever, um, or I'm sorry, when we die today, we see results in people's lives today. So when we die to ourselves, God gives us some tangible uh, things today so when it boils down to what it boils down to is the priority of the gospel in our lives so many times we approach our freedom and liberty from uh, sin like a consumable you know thank you jesus for eternal life now leave me alone so i can do what i want to do i'm glad i got my fire insurance now i can go do what i want to do i can serve myself but that kind of attitude is what hides the gospel from them who are lost and so uh, if we really care about what God cares about, we give up our liberty for the sake of others because we love them, and we love God most importantly. So we need results today for Jesus' sake, not our own. And so really what has to consume us is what consumes Christ, and that's other people. That's why the great commandment uh, is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. So third point, expect eternal reward tomorrow. So there's some things we can expect. We can expect trouble today. We can expect eternal results today. And then we can expect eternal reward tomorrow. So in verses 13 through 15, he says, We have, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. I love how he says that at the end of verse 14. He's going to present us with you. The relationships we maintain today will have an eternal weight and glory. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Redound. We don't use that word redound. We say rebound a lot, but we don't say redound. So point A, because Jesus lives forever, we live forever. Right. That's, that's pretty much common sense, but it's really important. Theologically, it's important. Because if Jesus doesn't live forever, we're eternally damned. So your, our life will, will have eternal results 
and the issue is will they be good or bad results right so that's everyone's going to live forever it's just a matter of you're going to live in heaven or hell so hopefully everyone here is born again so once we get born again then it's not so much an issue where we're going to spend eternity we are going to spend it in heaven but now we got to look at the other side of that coin is what's heaven going to look like for us i mean who are we going to be standing with in heaven is it going to be very apparent that this person being brian or sharon or amy or nathan or i forget what's your guys' names ella and ethan tegan that's what i was thinking not really so <laughs> tegan uh or ron or jamie or elizabeth or amy joe right who's going to be in heaven because of our life and our light right that's really what we're looking at um and so if we truly believe in eternal life we will speak of eternal life even when we cannot see results today and that's, again, that's very much what I was talking about this morning, is being focused on the eternal, having faith and believing God for even what you can't see. And uh, that's facing that fear and going forth. But also, this in this case is the opposite of that. We're not looking at facing fear. We're looking at facing eternal reward. Uh, there's a guy, just uh, a pastor up in Independence. He, he goes to the corner of 23rd Street and 291 every day with signs for about two hours encouraging people if they need prayer and help because of covid you know there's all there's all this anxiety so they get people from their church and they go to the four corners of that intersection and they ask for prayer ask people if they can help them you know and pray for them you know what that guy's really wanting to do he's just wanting to get to heaven and see some people there with him that's all he's wanting to do uh and so if we truly believe in eternal life we'll speak of eternal life even we can't see eternal results today so if you look at that you're like man that's a waste of time that guy's blowing two hours a day in traffic, standing out there hoping somebody's going to talk to him. But he's not doing it because he knows it's going to happen. He's just trusting to God. You know, God, I'm, I'm desperate to see you help people. And so what he, I like what he's doing better than what I'm not doing, right? So when I see something like that, I'm like, well, praise God. I'm glad he's doing that. He's up at Old New Hope Baptist in our old neighborhood off of Lexington. So in Psalms 116, verse 7, the Bible says, it's a cross-reference to this, actually. So Paul says that as it is written, when you see that phrase, as it is written, of course, uh, then that's God, that's God pointing out uh, through the Apostle Paul here that there's a cross-reference in the Old Testament. So if you want to look back at Psalms uh, 116, let's look at the cross-reference for a minute that Paul's quoting from, because context is always important. Bob, uh, this uh, Saturday, Bob uh, Klein did a really good devotion on quit ye like men and be strong, and he went back and we examined the entire context of that statement in regard to the Philistines, and it was a really good devotion. Psalm 116, it would have been a good message. Psalm 116 and verse uh, 7, this is the cross-reference. So the Apostle Paul says, uh, return, unto my re uh, return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and from, and my feet from uh, falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And then in verse 10, this is the very exact verse he's quoting. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the, unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? And what can I give back to him? I'm a liar too. <laughs> I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. And what an incredible passage that is. Isn't that what every sinner does? 
come to God uh, not as a, as a true person, but comes to them and says, you know what, God, I'm a sinner. I need your grace. I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord. And, uh, man, God saves us. Take that cup of salvation because he took the cup of God's wrath. I believe, therefore, I have spoken. Uh, now, he says, I was greatly afflicted. And so, you know, if we truly believe in eternal life, we will speak of eternal life when we can see, cannot see results today. And so when we go back and we look at that text again in, in chapter 4, let's look at it one more time before I move on. The Apostle Paul says, uh, we have the same, oh wait, where am I at? Verse, uh, verse 13. Uh, yeah, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed and therefore I uh, have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now he doesn't say anything about being afflicted, but this in the, the context is that in verse 8, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Because Paul has this hope that, you know what, he has taken in the cup of salvation. And uh, whatever affliction he faces is worth it. And so because he's believed, he's going to speak. And so, praise God, I pray that we would also speak and uh, because we have believed. You know, when someone says they believe, but they, have, they don't speak, you start to wonder if they really believe. You know, we talk about the things we love. If you love sports, you talk about sports. If you, if you love people, you talk about people. The things your heart's invested in are the things you're going to talk about. Point B, we're all in this together. I love that in verse 14. He says, knowing this, that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. And I've already emphasized that. So we better get used to working together today because we're going to be together for all of eternity. I just had a good discussion in the foyer after church. Someone was telling me about how God has blessed them in this church with somebody's relationship with somebody that they used to not like. They didn't like their personality. And then they got to work and they were like, oh, my gosh, I got to work with this person in ministry. I'm not sure that I'm going to want to do this. And uh, anyway, of course, you could probably guess now that relationship is so sweet. He's like, I can't believe that's the way I used to think. And I'm like, brother, join the club. I can give you a long list of people when I was being discipled. Uh, that God, just personality-wise, didn't match me. Um, and uh, you know what? But God would put me with certain people, and then, he would, then I would develop a relationship with them, and then God would knit my heart together with them. And every time, God would show me not their issue, but my issue. And, uh, and, he, and he grew me in love for other people. Some of my dearest friends in the ministry to this day uh, are, are people like that, that at one time, I mean, our personalities were just like oil and water. But God's grace was able to lubricate that relationship. And, and, uh, and you know what? Paul was much more mature than that. That's when I was a baby. He, he had an ability to understand. Even these Corinthians were, who were very cantankerous, he, he saw them as they would be when they'll be in the presence of the Lord with you. I mean, he was with them through thick and thin. And praise God for that. So when we die today, uh, we, we see results. Oh, so we're all in this together. So part of getting eternal rewards is enduring suffering. Uh, I touched on this as well, Second Timothy 2.10, I'll just say this, you guys know this, I think it's in the notes. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they might also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So Second Timothy 2.10, he says, you know, I endure everything for the elect's sakes. Uh, the <clears throat> now, he also um, did that for the nation of Israel's sake. His heart's desire and prayer for Israel is they might be saved. So we saw in the book of Acts that Paul went to Jerusalem even and was willing to, you know, put himself in peril so that he could see his brethren, the nation of Israel, uh, saved. He endured anything he could to see people get saved. 
Second Corinthians 1, 6 says, And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which, also, which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. So Paul understood his life wasn't his. Everything that he did was for the sake of others. Uh, and, so, um, and so part of getting eternal reward is enduring suffering for brothers who don't appreciate it. Uh, and we don't often think about that. And that's really what he says in verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. You know, parents don't give their lives to raise their children because their children thank them or reimburse them when they turn 21. You know, it just doesn't happen like that. They give their lives for their kids because, well, they love their kids unconditionally. And uh, they love them. That's why they do it. They don't expect a payback. Oh, well, it does remind me. I owe you money. So, um, <clears throat> so like, see how the Holy Spirit worked, though? That's why you should come to church like that. And, and uh, God works like that. So I'm pointing at you and three point back. So likewise, we should spend our lives for those who, love in, who, who uh, we love in and out of the body of Christ, regardless of how unthankful uh, or despitefully they use us. Uh, that's just being Christ to them. I just literally had a conversation with someone yesterday about this very thing, that someone needs help, and, and somebody's like, well, I don't know if we should help them. I don't know if you should help them. They're worried about me helping them. Anyway, it's not, I won't get into particulars, and it's not someone in the church. But I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, you did, what I did, I didn't verbalize it quite this way because I don't know how they would have received it. But I was really, I wanted, to, that's really what I was, we just need to be Christ to this person. Let them take a little advantage of us. Let them know Jesus loves them. Because that's all, that, I don't care if they get me for a few hundred dollars. As long as they know that Jesus loves them and, that, and uh, maybe God will use that. So, you know, do you think that it will all be worked out when we stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ? You know, I think about that. How do I want that thing to shake out at the judgment seat of Christ? You know, how am I going to view that thing? Um, I'm going to err over the side of grace, hopefully. Uh, and so Paul wasn't holding any hard feelings. These Corinthians hadn't been good to Paul. They're, they're, in this chat we're going to see later, they're, they're questioning his authority and apostleship, even in Second Corinthians still. Um, but Paul loves them anyway. He, he doesn't really care because he knows who he is, and he knows his influence in them, whether they acknowledge it or not, just like with your children. Um, and so sometimes I think we sing getting back to the heart of worship uh, two ways. We, we sing it with our lips, you know, it's all about you, Jesus. But with our lives, we're singing it's all about me, Jesus. It's all about, I've actually, I, I can just imagine, it's all about me, Jesus. You know, well, that ain't right. It is about him. So, point C, and uh, I think i got to stop there. i still got another point to go, but we're going to stop. Uh, be supernatural, or plan, I'm sorry, plan for supernatural results. Plan for it. Have a plan for supernatural results. Paul did. The word redound literally means super, abound. Um, that's what it means, super abound. I said we don't use that word. We should. It's a really good, it's a really good word, redound. Uh, so it's a super abound better than a rebound it's a it's a super abound and so this is the only place the word is translated redound in the bible so that's also interesting so other places it, it was translated abound or abundance so it's, this is the only place you're going to find in the in the authorized version the word super abound um, and so my prayer is that that our labor in this life will redound super abound in the next and the more we invest in eternal things, the greater the opportunity to glorify God in a supernatural way. So ultimately, our goal is to restore the glory due the Father, which was stolen by the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
So I'm going to stop there for tonight and, uh, and just reiterate, we, we expect trouble today, we expect eternal results today, and we expect eternal rewards to reward tomorrow. So expect trouble today, expect eternal results today, uh, expect eternal reward tomorrow, and then next time we get together, we'll talk about exercising, exercising our faith. Um, you know what? Uh, next Sunday night, we will have, I'll be preaching again uh, on the, on the uh, mission of transmission at our Bible conference. So hopefully next week we'll have 100 people here or more. A couple hundred people would be awesome working on Bibles. And uh, we'll take a break at the uh, same time, 6 o'clock. Ron, speaking of breaks, you need to probably plan a second, just a backup plan in case James doesn't redound to the glory of God. FYI, we were just talking about that in the pastor meeting. But uh, we'll be in here praising. Um, the praise band has been working for weeks and weeks to get ready. And um, then we're going to have a time of preaching, and then we're going to cut it short, not go long, and get back to work because we've got lots of work to do. And you all will get to see this place turn into a manufacturing facility for Bibles. It'll be cool. And uh, invite everybody you know so because we need as many hands on deck as possible. All right, so the prayer pieces were not printed. I apologize. Uh, they didn't get done this week. So that's, I, uh, So we do have the prayer list out front. Amy, can you grab me a prayer list? Um, what, you're looking at me funny. Huh? No, she, she told me this morning she didn't get them, the prayer pieces done. Well, if you if there look well there were there weren't prayer pieces, but you can look look one more time if you feel if you can find them, I'll use them. So uh, that uh, something we had a lot going on, I guess. So she didn't get them done. Not Amy, but anyway, it doesn't matter who. But praise the Lord. So um, if you could, we got you know tonight as we break up for prayer. If you guys are comfortable praying together, uh, we do have. Uh, quite a few things going on. Lila Burton, well, we got to pray for you. What, what's your prayer need? about prayers you guys can you hear me back there without this on okay 